0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles.
2: Coming up on NBA Today, how Germany took down Team USA in this morning's semifinal match. Brian Windhorst, he is standing by with the latest coming from Manila. And Anthony Davis, he made his stance clear on playing center for the Los Angeles Lakers. Hear what the star big man had to say. We've we've heard this story before. Plus, is this the season that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown finally get over the hump? We talk everything Celtics in this jam-packed show. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. She is senior writer Ramona Shelburne. She is the one and only hey. Roz Gold on Wooday in the building. I'm Malika Andrews. Happy Friday, everyone. I think we're
3: we're all ready for a little bit of weekend. You got any big plans this weekend, Roz? What are we doing? I mean, just more WNBA. Yeah. I'm in Vegas. This is a
4: sports <laughs> weekend. What about you, Ramona? Uh, I got little kid birthday parties.
3: Ooh. Oh, that sounds lovely. I'm going to a little kid birthday party yeah, this yeah. weekend. Might little kid birthday really parties are good.
2: going to go see Lay Miz tonight. I oh, know. I know. That's heavy. Wow. All right. That's heavy. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This Friday, though, it started out with a little bit of a bummer. Team USA not getting it done the way that we all expected, taking on Germany in the semifinals with a chance to play for the gold medal on the line. We knew that Dennis Schroeder would be taking this seriously. I did not know, though, Roz, that it was Wagner that was going to come out with a bang. He got through the lane. He did it from inside and out, making his presence known. Absolutely, And then Anthony Edwards, he's been having a tear on the world stage here, really putting teams on notice that did not change in this one. Austin Reeves, hot from deep, you bet, Ramona.
4: I, I'm him, right? <laughs> I mean, that's his, that's his lot. And the Laker fans there, anything he
3: does, they go nuts.
2: Mellow in the building as well for this one. <laughs> the turnovers though, the execution oh. particularly late, really hurt Team USA. And
3: that's on offense and defense, just the inability to get it done when it mattered. Franz Wagner getting hyped up
2: there from Dennis Schroeder, but Schroeder says, don't worry, I can contribute too. You see this range, my friends? I got that. Once again, Schroeder going to work this time against Paolo Bancaro, elevates, gets it to go. Dagger. 10 point game, final seconds of the third they quarter here. Worked, though. So we head to the fourth, where they did make things a little bit interesting. Anthony Edwards says, Anything you guys can do, I still have something to say about. Goes all the way to the cup. For a second, I thought he was going to take over. He, it seemed like he was. Austin Reeves gets the three to go all of a sudden with 420 to go this one gets interesting Anthony Edwards once again this is when you're like okay okay maybe this is worth getting up at five o'clock in the morning there might be something to talk about here but then Germany once again Tyrese
4: Halliburton slips and it is a costly error for Team USA just didn't have enough defense look at this score and this
2: right here, this is when I spilled my coffee all over my white blanket when Jaron Jackson Jr. just couldn't quite get this catch. Germany wins 113-111. Now, the U.S. gave up 113 points on Friday against Germany. That is the most, my friends, they have ever allowed in any game at the FIBA World Cup. The previous record, well, it was this past Sunday when they lost to Lithuania while allowing 110 points. Our Brian Windhorst is there and he caught up with Mikhail Bridges following the loss.
0: Okay, I'm here with Mikhail Bridges, um, played a strong game, 17 points tonight, obviously a very difficult way to lose. What are your emotions right now?
1: Um, there's a better team tonight. We just said bring it how we wanted to. Um, there was a better team for the whole 40 minutes. Yeah, we're expected to win. Um, I guess year in and year out, uh, we're expected to win just because of you now the history that now USA Bas has had we obviously didn't come to play ready to play from the start but um, that's the opinion from the outside
5: this team is very worthy of um, of winning a championship um, and we just didn't get it done but you know these 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 games are difficult this is um, it's, this is not 1992 anymore um, and so players are better all over the world teams are better and um, it's um, it's not easy um, to, to win a World Cup or an Olympic Games.
2: Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like the rest of the world is caught up a little bit with the Americans and German Hall of Famer Dirk Nowitzki, he could not be more excited. He jumped on social media, he celebrated a little bit this historic win for the German national team and Brian Windhorst, he has more on the semifinal between Germany and the USA as we go back to Manila.
0: Hey Malika, as you can imagine there's a lot of disappointment here with Team USA after losing to Germany in the World Cup semifinals. They lost this really for one reason. They just didn't have enough size. There was some strategy issues, there was some logistical issues, there was some, you know, fouls early on in this game. Germany was hot at times shooting from the outside, but really it just came down to they couldn't control possession right from the first possession of the game. Germany missed a 3 They got a rebound, kicked it out, made a three-pointer. We saw that happen over and over, 25 second chance points for the Germans in a uh, 40-minute game. Just not survivable. I've covered three World Cups, the U.S. has lost in all three of them, but I've never seen a team that's had this much togetherness, this much camaraderie, and this much uh, really execution and effort. But they just weren't equipped to handle this size, and that's something that they're going to have to deal with going forward. We don't have a lot of size from the American rivalry. rosters right now. We don't have much at center. We don't have much of power forward. That is a reality that USA is grappling with. They grappled with it coming into this. They grappled with it throughout it. And now they're grappling with it as they go to play for the bronze. Back to you in Los Angeles from here in Manila.
2: Brian thank you Roz he alluded to it but this yeah. set of
3: numbers yeah. right here it feels like a big reason the USA wasn't able to get over the hump what did you see it's been the story of their entire tournament the, mm. the battle was lost on the glass they gave up 12 offensive rebounds to Germany and then Germany made them pay they yeah. they got 25 second chance points from that compared to the USA's eight let's take a look at some tape that shows where these breakdowns start to happen for Team USA and unfortunately this is the first defensive play for Team USA so it sets the t- And you look at Anthony Edwards here, eyes on the basket. He's not thinking about physicality or boxing out. In general, the U.S. missed opportunities to put contact on bodies, and therefore Germany's able to get the offensive rebound. And now from this point on in this possession, Team USA is on the reactive. They're out of position for baseline help defense here. And look at Germany's patience after the offensive rebound. Four passes just to get this shot. And they ended up with 30 assists in the game, which is absolutely significant. You know, Malika, as a reporter, coaches Often say to me, We need to be more physical. We need to play with more force. And that sounds very cliche. Where does that show itself, actually? Putting contact on the line of action and movement for the other team. Tice is wide open. I mean, he could like do a cartwheel and grab this offensive rebound. There's no contact or bodies put on them. And again, Germany out here showing poise after the offensive rebound. Three passes to get this shot. Sometimes after an offensive rebound, teams are in a rush. They want to throw that thing up there. But Germany made all the right plays to burn the U.S. And it's just no surprise Mm. that in the games that Team USA is out rebounded those are the ones that they lost and that happened against Germany that happened against Lithuania and so in those two games combined the team USA has been out rebounded by 18. Right and it feels like the narrative that we've talked about even since before play started
2: Roz was are they big enough do the Americans have that size is Jaron Jackson Jr. going to be able to stay on the floor is he going to get into foul trouble and we know Steve Kerr he talked also today about the lack of continuity that this group has and how when you look at other teams on the world stage where the Talent has elevated. That just doesn't exist in the U.S., but it doesn't seem like it is going to. Is there anything else, Ramona, that you chalk this up to?
4: I mean, look, they did have some size. His name is Walker Kessler, and he was on the bench. Didn't play in this game, and so there's a lot of reinforcements coming. This will not be the team for the U.S. that plays in the Olympics in Paris in 2024. There's a lot of stars that are expected to join this team when, when they reconvene for Paris, but... You know, inside this is a stylistic choice. I mean, they had some size options if they wanted to go that way, but they chose to play small. Like, Bancaro was the backup five there. Mm-hmm. And when they're playing small, then you have to play fast. You have to play with pace, which is why you see a score that's that high. But if you're not able to rebound, if you're giving up all these second chance points, if you don't have a threat inside where they're afraid going to the rim, look at how easily they're scoring at the rim there. Then this you cannot play small. Mm. Yes. That you, you, it, Jackson Jr. had everything on him because he's the one big out there that is a presence inside, and it just wasn't enough. But I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about Paris, and I know we get, to, we get to see U.S. and Canada in the, th- in the third place game. But there's some interesting players for the U.S. Sure, right. That could be on that. T- I mean, Joel Embiid, could he or may
3: he? Go Brands, we're gonna get to that a little bit later. Before we even get to like Paris, I'm still looking at the bronze medal game coming up. Yeah. Team Canada and USA. Canada. Yeah. It's not the the matchup we necessarily wanted to see between those two teams, but we're gonna get it nonetheless. Yeah. Yes, and I think actually it's interesting because you know we've had the storyline of Team USA and they're going up against these like grizzled veteran European teams that understand FIBA basketball and have played together forever. Canada-USA is a matchup of the young boys in the NBA. These yep. are the young guys who just got their first all-star nod. Some of them getting their first big paycheck. Uh, this is These are guys who are going to be competing this season for all-NBA team spots, yep. for all-star nods. I actually think this is a nice little bragging rights game of the young guys at the NBA. This is like a summer NBA run. Right. And so I think, you know, there's a lot for Team USA, pride-wise, to make sure they get this done. Oh, absolutely. And this is not a, t- a game that they can take for
2: granted. They've learned that going through this FIBA yeah. tournament, that they can no longer overlook some of this talent on the international stage. And I know we talk so much about how Team USA, maybe it's, I, I don't know, maybe it's the A- team, maybe it's the B- team. Whatever it is that you want to term it, well, Giannis isn't out there no. either. Jokic well, is well not Jokic out isn't out there either. Well, Jamal Murray isn't out there right. either. So we're going to see that added talent on the world world stage as well, likely, in Paris in 2024. So I agree with Roz. I know what I'm doing this weekend. I am tuning into that bronze medal game because it is going to be something to behold. We're not done talking about FIBA here on NBA Today on this Friday. Still to come on our show, though, there's no denying, right, Roz, the impact that Anthony Davis has on the success of the Los Angeles Lakers, but he has some very, (laughs) very strong feelings on where he wants to be playing. You're not going to want to miss his comments. And, I mean, Ramona, is this a make or break year for the Celtics? Jason Tatum, I know he had some thoughts. You were able to speak to him yesterday. We have more from that conversation coming up later in the show. Plus, with the WNBA regular season wrapping up this weekend, who should be the favorite for MVP? I know that this is the question that voters are losing sleep over. We're going to try to help them coming up.
0: Now, let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. Hey, this is Brianna Stewart, and this is year eight. Her first basket
3: as a pro in the WNBA. I was built for these moments.
1: Brianna Stewart shining and Seattle benefiting.
3: Brianna
4: Stewart is just a walking bucket.
1: Welcome, to Stew York.
4: Joe makes it look easy. And she's having a lot of fun. Gobbled up by Stewie.
3: Stu York, welcome to Brooklyn embrace the greatness I can't believe that I've been in the league for eight years crazy really all the time that I had in Seattle and now to be in New York really appreciative of all the teammates that I've come across and the ones that I'll continue to to play with the league is a special place and I'm happy to be here
2: alright my friends speaking of Stewie let's check in on a big one last night between the Sparks and the Liberty Brianna Stewart, we're showing you her at the beginning because she is her, and it's for this reason. This bucket right here in the second quarter, cuts into the paint for that easy layup. She became the first player to score 900 points, Roz, in WNBA history. So many records. Every game, it's a new Liberty player record. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this one, in, in this one it was needed. Liberty down 11. Courtney Vandersloot finds Sabrina Unescu. Sabrina's 122nd three. That passed Deanna Taurasi. Diana Taurasi, rather, for most in a season in WNBA history. So history all over the place in this game.
3: How about that three from Dolson who ended up being like the Liberty's saver yeah. on the bench? Five for five from three
2: but Sabrina says I got some too. <laughs> the Liberty get the win let's take a listen to what the post game sounded like
4: I mean Steph hit like five
3: threes so that was <laughs> um, but we wanted to get back to playing Liberty basketball obviously Ellie's a great team but we wanted to continue to fight and maybe it's not going to be the first second or third quarter but eventually you know we try to wear down on teams
2: all right so the Liberty they've not just been winning I feel like we can't just call them that. It's disrespectful. Their eight-game winning streak, New York, has outscored opponents by 127 total points. The next closest team in that span, it would be the Aces. 91 points is where they're clocking in behind that. Uh, back now here with Ramona Shelburne. Roz Gold on Wooday. the Stars. They balled out for the Liberty. Last night, they improved to 32-7. and Brianna Stewart had another monster performance. You're locked in on all things WNBA here. Roz, what stood out to you the most from that game as we inch now really towards the playoffs? Oh
3: Well, from that game in particular, particular, I mean just the Liberty's depth on display again of course it starts with Stewie uh, her productivity her scoring but also the efficiency she's doing it with you got 10 assists from Courtney Vandersloot she stirs this pot she's whatever this team needs in this particular game against the Sparks it's Benajel it's Stephanie Dolson with five threes off the bench that helps the Liberty pull out a game against the hungry Sparks team that almost could have should have probably even won this Mm. and then Sabrina Ionescu who finds her shot in the second half and now has sealed and become the single-season three-point leader, and she breaks Diana Taurasi's record. And I think this is pretty cool. So I had their game last Sunday. I'm talking with Coach Brundello of the Liberty. Yeah. She last coached for the Phoenix Mercury, so of course she coached Diana Taurasi as well. And she told me that Sabrina is starting to remind her of Diana Taurasi. Mm. I think these are huge words. She said, you know, Sabrina's added range, quick release to her three-point shot. She has the passing and vision of Diana. But biggest thing, she shares the same competitive fire. Yeah. as Diana Taurasi, who we all know is one of those, like, killer instinct-type players. So I found that to be incredibly huge words to come from Coach Brundella about uh, Sabrina Ionescu. Yeah, a huge
2: compliment there. But you mentioned the depth, and we've been talking about the super teams that have been blooming in the WNBA. When you look at the Aces, when you look at the Liberty, depth really is what sets them apart. And Stewie was on on fire.
4: What do you think that her impact has been since she's come to the Liberty? when I watch her, I just think about Kevin Durant when he was on the Warriors. I mean, this is, when you watch Sabrina I you can say Diana Taurasi. I, I see Steph Curry out there, that quick release and mm-hmm. the way she plays, the way the defense has to react to her. Um, but, like, Stewie can do anything. And I think what she said there that was so that, – that resonated with me is, Getting, they have to get back to playing Liberty basketball. Well, they know what that is now. Yeah. It took them a while to find what Liberty basketball is, but they have an identity now. And when you are peaking at this point in time, when you're peaking, heading into the playoffs where you have an identity, where yep. everybody knows their roles and how they need to play, plus they have optionality, as you were talking about earlier, Roz. Like, this is a dangerous team. And I think we had all thought, you know, is this, are they getting around into form quick enough right. to compete with the Aces? Yeah. They are. But is the MVP on this team? That That is the question Ooh. that voters all over the place are asking. And so
2: who is actually the MVP? Before we answer that, I just want to take a look at the odds, just so everyone understands okay. just how close all of this is. The ballots for the 2023 season awards, they are due on Sunday night. We have Brianna Stewart. We have Alyssa Thomas. We have Asia Wilson. Mm-hmm. They've all put together historic seasons. They've all catapulted their teams to the top of the WNBA standings. Are you
3: ready, Roz? Oh, Lord. Can I start with <laughs> you well, here? I'll, I'll start with just pointing out the dark horse there on Alyssa Thomas. You know, um, this is somebody, it depends on how you define your MVP, which is a conversation on NBA or WNBA. If it's who is doing the most with the least, you probably say Alyssa Thomas. You look at the historical significance of her triple doubles, what she's doing with assists and rebounds and a team that has lost Breed Jones and has a new head coach and has her team right there in contention for a championship. Alyssa Thomas is right there. Now, if your definition is best player on the best best team, team, well, then the Aces and the Liberty are right here if you're looking at uh, just r- uh, record alone but the liberty they won the 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 commissioner's First cup, cup. Um, the way they're finishing the season strong. They're in an eight-game win streak. So I'm looking at the Liberty. I'm looking at Stewie, who just became the single-season uh, scoring record holder, yep. beating out Diana Taurasi. I'm looking at her product, her productivity, her efficiency, her dependability, her 40-point games, which matches that of Asia. And to bring up Asia Wilson, she's on the defensive end, also anchoring everything that the Aces yep. do. I'd like to point out that Stewie's um, consistency as a rebounder and also the emergence of John Quell Jones has helped the Liberty's improvement on defense Defense to make them the team that they are right now, fighting for that number one seed. So I'm saying, you go, I know you're gonna press me and be like, "Oh, well, who do you <laughs> got, Roz?" I see it in your face, Malika. <laughs> yes, it was a smile I, that was slowly you, creeping across. I knew face. you were like, "Okay, I, I love all that, but who do you got?" I mean, I think right now, with the way the Liberty are moving, I think Stewie's got the momentum for the MVP.
4: I think Stewie was in front for the MVP, and then Asia. I think she was being taken for granted for most of the season because the huh. Aces were so dominant that. She she wasn't even playing fourth quarter some of the time. Well, they let her play now, and she's had a couple of big games towards the end here, Or I actually think, because I think Stewie was in front, I think Asia's closed the gap here, and I am I, so glad you pointed out, Alyssa, because she's had such a great year, and I, in terms of doing the most with the least, like, she should be getting a much larger, longer look than she probably is getting from voters, and so it really should be a three-horse race, and I'm I'm interested. Press in the, her! I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's going to be a really close vote here. I think Suey's going to end up coming out of this, because she is the new player on the new team here and they have finished very soon. I appreciate all of the context <laughs> that
2: both of you all gave to your answers. It seems like it would be hard to not vote for Stewie at this point, yep. but, but I, I, I appreciate that. That, yep. was, that was very informative. and All are powerful. deserving. Yeah. All are deserving. And it seems like right now it would be hard not to vote, not to vote for straight. Commissioners Club help. We do have another WNBA game. It's on Sunday. It's on ESPN2. It's the last day of the regular season. Where is time gone? The Aces, the Mercury. That one begins at three o'clock Eastern on ESPN2. All right. Let's stick in Los Angeles here, because coming up on NBA Today, Anthony Davis, he is the center of attention, and I do mean that literally, after his comments about what position he would like to play next season. But don't we all remember 2020? All right, Brian Windhorst, he also looks ahead. We're already looking forward to 2024 and the Uh, Olympics, what the (laughs) roster could look like for Team USA. Plus, just hold on, we're going well, it's a phoenix. It's, yeah, it's good. Because Drake, he Ice said... Yeah. <laughs> he might want to spend some time this season. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started. Malika.
1: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: What a crushing finish for the Lakers. If you're going to legitimately compete for a championship, you have to dissect what you have and you don't have.
5: We want to fit the puzzle together in a way that will help us compete for
3: championships.
1: Rob Lincoln and the Lakers are doing exactly what the hell they're supposed to be. Four-year max extension with guard Austin Reeves. D'Angelo Russell has agreed to return. Orion Prince. Gabe Vincent, Jackson Hayes. Rui Hachimura. Three-year, $51 million extension. Cam Reddish. Christian Wood. Now you're contending and you're still building for the future. They're writing the of things where they need to be.
2: Welcome back to NBA Today. Let's talk a little bit about the purple and gold. We are joined now by our reporter who covers the Lakers for ESPN, Dave McMenamin. Dave, we have spent a lot of time on this show talking about the offseason that Rob Palinka and the Lakers have put together. Obviously, Christian Wood, the latest move that they have made. But you penned a story that's up on ESPN.com right now that details what Anthony Davis hopes for this season positionally. What more can you tell us about that?
1: Malika, ever since Anthony Davis arrived in Los Angeles, that initial introductory press conference he told us and anyone who's willing to listen that he does not love playing the five all that much and likes to have more minutes at the four last season according to cleaning the glass data he played 99 percent of his minutes at the five he let it be known to the Lakers brass that hey I want to be a part of this organization moving forward I love my time with the Lakers this was the conversation going into the contract extension he signed this summer but get me some help at the five you look at last year's playoffs you saw you know five minutes per game for Tristan Thompson three minutes per game for Wendy and Gabriel and Mo Bamba pretty much missing the entire playoffs Anthony Davis had no help there at the five other than uh, spot minutes where you saw Rui Hachimura play the stretch five and so by getting Jackson Hayes by getting Christian Wood you're gonna allow Anthony Davis to get some more time throughout the regular season to play his preferred position that doesn't mean that in the fourth quarter of a close game you're not going to see Anthony Davis the 5 that doesn't mean in the playoffs you won't see him playing of his minutes at the five, but this allows him to feel comfortable going through the 82-game grind, similar to the way he had JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard and won a championship.
2: Absolutely. It feels like the conversation, especially now that there's that three-year extension tacked on for Anthony Davis, has been well, he needs to be on the floor. The Lakers really need him to be at the best that they can be if they want to reach their potential. All right, before we let you go, Dave, we have also talked. Kendrick Perkins has already given Rob Palenka the gold star of the offseason, but what is the actual mood inside the Lakers organization now that we're about a month away from training camp.
1: Yeah, Malik, I checked in with some folks in the organization after they basically buttoned up their offseason work by agreeing to terms with Christian Wood, and the feeling is one of optimism and certainly confidence, knowing that they're able to bring some continuity into this season uh, based on that group that really put together a tremendous run from the trade deadline on through the Western Conference Finals. But they don't want to get too far over their skis. They recognize that they beat a banged up Memphis team in the first round. Certainly, John ja Morant dealing with that uh, hand injury and Steven Adams not being in the lineup. Uh, you know, you'd have Brandon Clark in the lineup as well. And then the Warriors team that they beat, it was coming off a seven game series against the Sacramento Kings and, and perhaps were a little gassed there. And then, of course, you lose in a sweep in the Western Conference finals. So, all those things combined make the Lakers believe that, hey, we're right there. We still got work to do to get to where we ultimately want to be, which is holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy.
2: Right. Back to the Western Conference Finals is not what this organization has in mind. Dave McMenamin, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. All right, let's dive a little bit further into the moves the Lakers have made this offseason, because it seems like they've gotten better. But here's the deal. So has the rest of the West, as we say hello once again to Ramona Shelburne, to Rosgold on Woody. But I want to go back just, just, a, little bit. just yep. a little bit. We've talked a lot about Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis at center and how some of the Lakers' most successful lineups are when Anthony Davis plays at center. And it is nothing new that Anthony Davis doesn't necessarily want uh-huh. to play at center. He's been saying this the last couple of years. And yet, here we are again with <laughs> reinforcements here. Ramona, you are laughing, so go ahead.
4: <laughs> I mean, did we not end the season talking about this? I don't want, like, if he's not the center, then who is? Because they were playing Nikola Jokic in the Western Conference Finals. Here's what you do. Put him at the center, but just don't call it that. Just, just any, Jared Vanderbilt, you're the center. LeBron James, you're the center. Anthony Davis, you play power four. But, but essentially, he's the center because you look at the, if you look at the numbers, their best five-man lineup is always when Anthony Davis is playing center. Like, <laughs> you have Anthony Davis as the, as the five. He is... Dominant, that is a dominant five-man lineup when he plays in that role. And I understand from a health perspective, maybe when you don't want to bang against yeah. Nikol Jokic or Steven Adams, but he Joel. a Joel and B. But how many games a year is that? Right. I mean, he is so much they are so much better when he is in that role. So just call it something else. I've talked to coaches on their staff and just just, just, just call somebody else the center. <laughs> Give him a different name. Gotta yeah, play a little mind game with yeah. it. Well, like, you're that. not the host, you're the presenter.
3: Yeah, I could do that. But she's hosting the show. You know, for me, the whole thing around Anthony Davis, regardless of what position he's actually playing at or what what title he's being given, it is always and always has been about his availability. Mm. So this Lakers team, full stop, is going to go as far as Anthony Davis is available and also the health of LeBron James. Full stop. Then I also believe that, of course, like I think Rob Lincoln the last season and also during this offseason has done really well with the resources he has to, like, re-bolster yep. this roster. And uh, a team that just went to the Western Conference Finals. But for me, and when I see teams that come back and really make a run at the title, it's always about the development of returning players. Mm. And you'll see that as a consistent theme for championship teams. So let's look at Austin Reeves. Right. Who's Very playing in, in the FIBA World Cup, representing Team USA. Huge new Guys, contract. The, con- the contract, the validation, the confidence that comes from playing on a world stage, representing USA, the experience, the maturity that comes from that. I think that is so valuable for Austin Reeves. And if it's valuable for him, it's going to be great for the Lakers. Right. I just go back to the number that Dave
2: said. Ninety nine percent of his minutes he played at center. Yeah. Anthony Davis did last year. And all of that is good, well and fine. If he's also able to stay healthy. So having some reinforcements potentially yeah. helps him with that best ability, which is availability that you talked about, Ross. Okay, if we're talking about the Lakers and the flip side of that coin in the Eastern Conference, is who? It is the Celtics. So let's talk about them a little bit because there is an article right now for the Messenger Sports in which Jason Tatum he opened up about the Celtic struggles a little bit, and he also talked about playing with Jalen Brown. So here is what he said: He said, quote, I'm still 25. Which is like pause for one second, that's incredible. And he, meaning Jalen, will be 27 in two months, so we're far from perfect. (laughs) We won't ever get the credit we deserve until we actually win a championship. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've been to the playoffs every single year, we've gotten better, and yes, it took some time to figure out how we can actually be as special as we can be and how we can coexist and do it together. We're gonna talk about it all the time, we talk about it all the time, and we are due to get over the hump. I think that's fair to say that they are due to get over the hump. When you look at the Eastern yeah. Conference right now, Ramona, yeah, the bucks they're still pretty good. They're still up there. No one's counting out the Miami Heat, particularly because there's this huge Dame-sized elephant in the room. <laughs> but Boston is still right there. And you are called me the presenter because Jason Tatum is actually the host. He was sitting in this chair for a little bit, for a couple of hours yesterday. You had a chance to talk with him. Yeah. What did you learn
4: about how he is seeing this season? Well, guess what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are doing this summer? Mm. Working out together they're here in Los Angeles and they've been training together a lot this summer trying to just work on their own games but also together because this is the team now. I mean they they I think there's a there's a period that they're all in right now which is just sad to see Marcus Marco they, they're all getting over that yeah. um, there's gonna be a bit of a Celtics reunion this this weekend Marcus Smart's getting married out here in LA they're all gonna see each other but this is a different team now and one of the things I talked to Jason about yesterday was with, with Marcus Smart's not there point guard wise it's probably gonna be him a lot and that's the role he played during the playoffs of distributing. He's going to be in that role. And he's also this summer been working on step back threes because that's a, an area that he can work on his, in his game. But they, they look at it and they know last year was not where they want to be. Mm-hmm. They, they need to get over the hump, as he says. And I think they're they're looking very critically at the small things that they can be targeted in a, getting better at this summer.
2: But. Aren't they a team now, Roz? They're 57 yeah. and 25 record last season, so they're a team. They have they have graduated in my mind to being judged in the playoffs. It's no yeah. longer the regular. One
3: hundred percent. And I actually think it's really self-aware and mature of Jason Tatum to sit here and say we've got to get over the hump. Yeah. Um, and I think that's for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown now lead the way, not just as being young guys that can produce stats. You know, they've got to be culture setters too and really set the tone. You mentioned Marcus Smart. They leaned on him to do a lot of the toughness yep. and defensive culture setting, Um, even the fire of Grant Williams isn't there anymore. And no, like Jason Tatum's not a rah-rah guy, but they've got to find ways that they're being leaned on even more beyond just the stats. They still have Al Horford, who when I covered this team all the way through the playoff run sitting outside of their huddle, Anytime there was pressure, it was Al Horford's voice stepping up. Yep. I'm also looking at Derek White to set the tone for the guards on defense. Yep. His shot blocking ability is yep. really impressive from there. There's
2: been some changes to the coaching staff. They've had some moves, obviously, to their roster. You mentioned Grant Williams. Uh, obviously, Marcus Smart is going to be very interesting. I like that fit in Memphis. We're going to talk a little bit more about that as we get closer to the season. You mentioned the lack of raw, raw guys. I feel like Drake might be a little bit, a little bit <laughs> of a rah-rah guy potentially for the Phoenix Suns. He wants to join the team. He (laughs) wants to join the crew. We're going to tell you about his big plans and if they include him moving to Phoenix. I mean, you only live
4: once, right? (laughs) I mean, a snowbird? Is that how (laughs) we describe it? Nice weather.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
2: Welcome back to NBA Today. Ramona Shelburne, Roz Gul'danwude, Malika Andrews with you. And ladies, I don't get to say that very often, no. all women on this show. It is time for one of our favorite summer segments. How long are we going with summer? Like, it's the 21st. Of, After Labor Day. 21st yeah. of September. <laughs> it's training camp, though. Exactly. We're going to go with some hot summer mics. And first <laughs> up, I am singing poorly because Drake is going to start us off. Uh, he made a very bold proclamation. Take a listen.
5: I told my man to
1: Once I get
2: my that out of the way, I'm going to little
3: And there you go. (laughs) No, it it absolutely would not surprise me to see Drake uh, taking some time, a residency, if you will, to live in Phoenix. He is such a big basketball fan, and his friends are on the team. He wants to see them play. Fine, that's lovely to see him there. But isn't Drake supposed to be an ambassador yeah. for the Toronto Raptors? Captain like Toronto. Aren't, aren't the Raptors practicing in the OVO like practice facility or center or something? I've got to put a call into Maasai because I'm <laughs> like, is this a, a more bigger indicament of or indictment of what the Raptors or the state of right. Raptors basketball right now that Drake's about to book it to Phoenix? Right. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I think it's like loyalty in the NBA, right?
4: It's loyalty, right? He's Player little, empowerment, fan empowerment. Be, he's more. He's there you friends. go. Fan I empowerment does. era. It's, friends it's with it's the fan empowerment era. Okay. <laughs> so giving those remarks in Phoenix. <laughs> you know at what? A tour, a tour date. Right? Yeah. I mean, the the crowd reception. Yeah, seems fun. Don't, know, don't forget Drake
3: as a whole adult uh, practice with the Kentucky basketball team. A whole adult. So like, I mean, this guy lives out his basketball dreams and fantasies with the NBA. And honestly, I you have to be a certain level of superstar. Yep. to do that in training Hey, him. as soon as he put Doris Burke on a t-shirt, I said, Period. anything yeah, you I do, you,
2: you can do no wrong. All right, next up, Jonathan Gominga. He had some really, this was just nice, guys. Hear what he had to say about Steph Curry.
1: He comes to the gym the same way he act at home, same way he act on the floor, same way he act at practice. He don't get into any problem. He speak to everybody. Like, yeah, He's going to start a conversation, even if you don't want to. He's going to come find you and talk to you. So that's a lot of things that people don't see behind the scenes because all I see is him hitting threes and stuff like that. But he's the best human being I've ever really been around.
2: That he's ever
3: been around. Wow. Like That's like a lovely thing to say. Roz, you spent a lot of time with this Warriors team. Thoughts? Yeah, I I agree. I think Steph has a great ability of making people feel seen and special like you'll have a conversation with him two years ago and then you'll see him again and he'll mention the family member that you mentioned that time. Yeah. He has the same energy for the president of the organization or usher in the building. He unlike a lot of celebrities and superstars, you are really having a moment with him. He makes eye contact with you. He's listening. He's talking to you. You never feel small with Stephen Curry. And that is a really beautiful skill to
4: have. Also Thing, Jonathan Kaminga saying that matters because you know his background and he when he came to this country he needed guidance he needed friends he needed community and the fact that Steph Curry was that for him says a lot about Steph Curry with all he has going on yeah both personally professionally with his family with his foundations with those political ambition with all of this stuff I mean, he has a lot going on that he took the time to put his arm around Jonathan Kaminga yeah not to mention that for him, who's had his own ups and downs on oh, the court, yeah. trying to find
2: his niche, his role with this Golden State team. I remember taking my um, little cousin to a Warriors game at one point, and uh, he, all he wanted was to meet, you know, Steph and Clay. Yeah. And it was before game. Steph's going through his warm up. You know, all these guys are super locked in, and yet he still took just a couple of minutes to say hello. And I he still talks about mm-hmm. that, and it is is—it is a full year later, and it's like this was a highlight for this young man. All right, the gold medal, it's going to be handed out on Sunday, so we're going to take a look at that, but it's also not the only hardware that's at stake this weekend. UFC 293, it's Saturday night from Sydney, the main card. It begins at 10 Eastern on pay-per-view with the prelims at 8 o'clock. All right, coming up on NBA Today, Team USA fell to Germany in the FIBA World Cup semifinals today. But the team is going to look a little bit different for the Paris Olympics next year. You're not going to want to miss what Brian Windhorst has to
0: say.
1: You're watching NBA Today.
2: All right, the FIBA World Cup final stage is set. Serbia taking on Germany for the gold. Serbia has three players currently on NBA rosters, led by Bogdan Bogdanovich. Meanwhile, Germany has four NBA players on its roster. Now, this is how it all went down. Germany's going to be riding high after their 113-111 win over Team USA. The Germans had six players score in double figures, including 20-plus points from Dennis Schroder, from Franz Wagner, and then Anthony Edwards. He continued his strong play. He scored 23 points to lead to Team USA it just wasn't quite enough they couldn't get a stop and giving up the most points the American squad has ever given up in FIFA play now despite being the odds on favorite entering the tournament for a second straight World Cup Team USA will be returning home without a gold medal Steve Kerr he was asked if continuity is an issue for this team.
5: Steve throughout this tournament you've mentioned the challenge of bringing together 12 guys in five weeks, the, the counteracting that of playing these national teams that have been together year after year after year. Can you kind of find a way to get this program to have more continuity year after year when it kind of seems like that has been a theme and a struggle throughout this tournament? I'm not sure how, how you would do that, if you want to ask the same 10 guys to play every summer. um uh, I, I think that's very unrealistic. Um, I, I love being part of USA Basketball. Um, I, I think our players um, really enjoy it as well. And part of the deal with with um, USA B is you you know you pass the baton on to the next coaching staff, the next group of players, and um, it's different than most countries, but um, we're unique in that we have a deep talent pool and a lot of very worthy players, and I think. Um, those players and coaches all deserve to uh, have the honor of uh, wearing that this USA jersey. All right, maybe
2: what Team USA is lacking is some sort of continuity, because entering this tournament, nobody on Team USA's roster had any appearances in international play at all. So Brian Windhorst, he has more from Manila about the future of Team USA.
0: Okay, Malika, let's take a moment and look ahead for Team USA, and I don't just mean till Sunday's bronze medal game against Canada. Let's look ahead to next summer and the Paris Olympics. Already there was a feel out there that some of the big names in the NBA who haven't been playing are looking to go play in that big event, obviously in Western Europe. So I think you're going to see, especially after this disappointment, that you see even more of that, specifically big men. Anthony Davis is a guy who potentially, if he's healthy, could return to Team USA. He would be extremely important as a big man for this team. Joel Embiid will be a name that you will hear with Team USA for months. He is eligible to play for either France or the United States in the Olympics. He has to choose one or the other both sides are recruiting him obviously his size would be a game changer but not just the big men i think lebron james is a guy who could consider playing in his last olympics he has not played since london in 2012. steph curry as you can imagine playing for steve kerr would be potentially his last chance to play for the olympics he's played in the world cup he has never played in the olympics for the united states kevin durant is one of the most decorated uh, americans of playing for the for the uh, team ever if he wanted to play he definitely would be able to be invited back. And I think you could see quite some competition to get onto that roster. That is something that we will see unfold over the coming months. And frankly, after this team came up short, something that is going to be badly needed when it comes to an influx of talent. Back to you in LA. So, social
2: media users, they're already forming some potential American lineups for the next iteration of Team USA. But LeBron, he appears to to maybe like what, what he sees at the center of that image. So, Brian seems to be optimistic, right? There's going to be an influx of talent for Team yeah. USA. Joel Embiid, obviously, game-changer, particularly his size. But if there is one player, just, just one, that you would like to see on Team USA in Paris, who would it be, Ross?
3: I don't want to seem predictable, but it's Steph! <laughs> it's Steph in person. Are we going to see him finally? <laughs> he hasn't made it to the yeah. p- He hasn't played in the Olympics yet. So, I think this is something like, for a legacy conversation, it would be huge. What would we be saying about Steph if he was able to add an Olympic gold medal? He's already been a champion, an MVP. He just added finals MVP recently. Greatest shooter of all time. It'll be at minimum exciting
4: basketball. How about you? I want to see KD again. I mean, to me, he has the potential to be this Carmelo like figure for them where he goes there. But really, Brian said it it, Joel Embiid is the biggest wild card for anybody, okay? He can play for France, he can play for the U.S. I think if he plays, I think it's probably going to be the U.S., but let's see if he plays. Let's see how the Sixer season goes. Let's see where his health is. He's the game changer for everybody whatever team he suits up for. When I was posed this question in the newsroom, I stood
2: up and I said, oh, Steph! And they said, oh, it's Ross's answer. I said, yeah, I mean, it makes so much sense. It's Steve Kerr's for his coaching. Yep. It's his coach. This is his time. But I'm going to rep for the young guys. I think hey. that Anthony Edwards <laughs> is the future. He embodies the future of USA basketball here. He has been excellent on the world stage thus far with no experience and I would like to see him get a shot with the quote unquote a squad because I feel like he could be he has all the to be the face of the NBA. He has the pizzazz. He has the Mm -hmm. personality. He has the play. He has the ability to be the number one option, and I would like to see that be rewarded on Team USA. I think that could be a whole lot. I'm with you. you.
4: I I think they got more out of him than they were expecting. Absolutely, and we were talking
2: about the guys who made a leap in FIBA. Yes, we talked about Austin Reeves, but the Timberwolves, they really got something special with this summer for Anthony Edwards. All right, we'll be back in just 60 seconds. The NFL kicked off with a bang last night. I mean, the Lions, right? They still have done the Chiefs. But look what's going on in the sports world this weekend. It is jam-packed. I don't even know what I should start with, what I'm going to have to tape, what I'm going to need to come back to. So, Ramona, I'm going to start with you.
4: What I'm going off the board Stanford USC for me to take the last time Oh yeah I that's my it's my well.
2: Stanford women over there hey, We can
4: do it we can do it Okay no but the real answer is the US Open Coco we got that that that's the answer Coco's off okay. I mean Yeah 19 years old. I know. Very She's
3: impressive. I, I just came here. A little uh, humble brag here. I just came here from the U.S. Open. Did you get one of the one of the, 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 the Honeydeuce cup? Yeah. I got my my uh, Honey Deuce cup. I do. Um, <laughs> okay. And I've become a big Coco and Carlito fan as well. I love Carlos. Um but you, but little Carlito. Carlito, vamos. <laughs> let's go. Right. But I have my eyes on the WNBA. You yep. know I'm going to, um, because the top seed and the final seed for the playoffs are kind of up for grabs here today. If Chicago wins today, they're in at the eighth spot. And our L.A. Sparks right here in L.A., they'll be out. And the Liberty have a shot at the number one seed. They would need some help from the Aces and maybe even the Lynx to pull it out. Um, the Aces have two more games. And, guys, it's against the Phoenix Mercury, who have lost nine in a row. They're at the bottom of the league. I just don't see the Aces blowing this to finish the season. Yeah.
2: There, there's <laughs> WNBA wrapping up this weekend. There's going to be a lot of great games across, boards I'll across the board. Roz is going to be in the building. For me, I mean, it. I know, I know. Mark Spears summed it up perfectly when he said this isn't the match, this isn't the way we wanted to necessarily see the U.S. versus Canada. Mm-hmm. But that is going to be an Excellent yep. game. It's the game that we have all been waiting for. Even if it is, for, wh- why is it that when it comes to Team USA, all of a sudden we all switch to we? Like I'm like, oh, we are in this and Orange, we are playing. American? And yeah, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not making the pass. I'm not. I'm not turning it over. Oh <laughs> no, no, no. They need me. Oh yeah, right. Like I'm going to be out there. It's the
3: young boys though of exactly. Canada. Exactly. The young boys of Team it's USA. It's for pride. It's yep. for bragging
2: rights.
4: And that gold medal game is going to be fun too. Yeah, the gold oh, medal game is going to be excellent. All
2: right, <laughs> that is going to do it for us here on NBA Today. In Enjoy your weekends. We're going to see you back here on Monday on ESPN2 ESPN the rest of the week. We will see you then. Can I borrow that cup?